0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes i That The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. this, this is, is the game
1: of roses. Welcome to the to game, game of, of
0: roses. So you've always been my number one from the very beginning. I don't want to hear. No, I uh, saying that. Like are like, number one I'm in, the, saying, in like, the rose. I don't want like, to hear that stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't. That's okay, like, fine. You're right. But I'm sorry. Th- that's, that's how I feel like this, 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 that night and this is going and all this and like what you're like wrapped up in and how, how you told me that night. Like I told your family you have a rose. I was telling them you were the one. Like, who cares about the rose or the number one or the number two or who's getting sent home this week? If it's not real, it's not real. I just wanted something real.
1: Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is <laughs> Bachelor Clues. and
1: <laughs> Ooh, What is this voice?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a voice that is just bathing in strong gameplay this is the playoffs baby tonight was the first round of playoffs season 17 we're talking about hometowns and just like in all other sports once you get to playoffs the game changes you better be bringing the fucking thunder or you're going home and tonight we saw high level gameplay from I almost said all players. That is not true. We saw high level gameplay from two players, <laughs> and we saw high level <laughs> gameplay from the crown herself. It was a masterful example of player versus crown versus player. We got to see true first audience gameplay in a way we haven't in a very long time. I cannot wait to fucking dig into this because there was just so I know. much happening. On some players front. brought
1: the thunder and some players brought herb.
0: <laughs> herb was fucking awesome. Who I love. By the way. Who I love. Yes. But not the thunder. <laughs> no, indeed. Herb was not the thunder. Herb was very laid back. But before we get into uh, tonight's big game, we do have a bit of business on top. Some of you may follow someone named Katie Thurston on Instagram.
1: Formerly known as Vent with Katie, now known as the Katie Thurston.
0: In her Instagram stories tonight, she had a couple of posts and she was wearing a piece of apparel that was the Game of Roses 4TRR t-shirt. We are blown away by this. We are astounded, so much so that we are celebrating by putting that shirt back on sale. It has been unavailable for a very long time, but you can right now go to bonfire.com slash Game of Roses, and you can pick up one of those shirts if you didn't have a chance to get it before, or if you want to get another one, if you want to get one for your friends, your creature, anybody who can wear a t-shirt, human or otherwise, you can pick up one for them right now at bonfire.com slash Game of Roses. You can dress like Katie Thurston. So, please pick up one of those t shirts if you're so inclined. And now, Pace Case, let us do what we came here to do. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Playoffs, baby.
1: First round of hometowns. You're often seeing love level raises, as we saw several tonight. You're seeing players drop their walls. You're seeing some strong future casting. And you're meeting the family, a huge wild card.
0: But it doesn't have to be. This is something that we talk about in every Hometowns round. This is when, as a player, you get to bring a team into the game with you. This is your family and your friends. You should have, prior to the season, had this conversation with them. That if you go deep into the game, they might be asked to show up. And if they do show up, Mm -hmm. you should have a strategy in place for them. You should tell them exactly what they need to say. And we saw some players probably did that tonight. We saw one player clearly Mm -hmm. did not do that tonight. But (laughs) hometowns are incredibly important. Obviously, they lead to fantasy suites, which is the next round of playoffs. But tonight was just... It was a hometown's really unlike we've seen ever, I believe. I don't know that I've ever seen what Greg Grippo did done in a hometown. And we will get to that, obviously.
1: We haven't. We've seen, like, the closest thing that comes to mind would be Andy Dorfman's self-elimination on Juan Pablo's season for me. She accused him of 4TWR and and being name-droppy in their fantasy suite, but... This was definitely, uh, yeah, like, I can't believe what we saw tonight. And we thought he might self-eliminate, but I did not think it would go this route. Let's get into it.
0: Let's get into it. So we open the hometown round with a teaser tonight on The Bachelorette. Still don't know who that voiceover guy is. Still listening to his voice. We see kisses all around. Moyne's mom gives a glow. Justin LL3s, we see some families, we see a mom saying she's worried about her son getting hurt. Thurston saying at the end of this, everyone gets hurt except one man. <laughs> we see Grippo loading his LL3 again. Moyne's mom tells Moines to man up in LL4. We see Moyne's sister saying that if somebody else has already said LL4, he might be behind. We see Justin's friend telling him he only has two weeks left. Katie is losing her mind. Grippo's tears. Thurston's tears. Somebody sticks to their stomach. Grippo does a knock knock and Katie is done. Book my flight home. All of that is in the fucking teaser. They basically give away the entire episode as they have done for the past couple. Uh, nonetheless, it was still gripping to watch, even though I knew what was coming.
1: Speaking of gripping, we see an owl gripping onto its cave. Next, not my creature of the week. Katie puts on earrings and we see her do some ponder shots on the balcony.
0: Mm, These ponders. Playoffs is when ponders (laughs) really start coming into play. She's sitting in a chair pondering. She goes out and looks off the balcony and ponders. The playoffs are where, traditionally speaking, the lead is being asked to make the hardest choices. These are relationships, at least in terms of how the show is presenting it, that are very important, that have. Develop deeply, and these decisions about who to send home now require a lot of thought while you're looking off a balcony or into the forest or wherever. So get ready, <laughs> especially in next week in the finale, you're gonna get fucking 100 ponder shots. Get
1: ready! Yeah, it's just gonna be her against leaning against various fences and ladders looking out. But our first hometown is Blake Moines, and we begin this hometown. With a ritual that we see at the beginning of all three hometown dates.
0: I mean, you know what it is. It's a hooju. <laughs> Let's just say it. No suspension. It's a Huju. It's a fucking Huju. <laughs> they are on this big, long gravel path next to what? A fence, of course. Thurston meets him on this path, and she pulls off a very impressive Huju. It is not her best of the season, but she does have a great approach. There's a slight hitch in the mount. She opts for a casual single leg launch instead of the double-leg power thrust perfected by Kelsey Weir in the first international round of season 24. Nonetheless, she still gets a high cling, double ankle lock, nice tight grip around Moyes' neck, a kiss to seal the deal, then a perfect dismount with continued eye contact and physical contact that leads into a hug and hand-holding. Again, wasn't her best, but this is definitely well over a 9.0. And I just want to mention up top here, in service of all the hoojuing that Katie Thurston has done in her story mm. career, I, I don't have this stat, but I'm willing to bet she has more Hooju's than any player in history.
1: I completely agree.
0: And it, that to me is fucking astounding. It is definitely an indicator that she is a student of the fucking game, especially because in season 25, she went out in fucking 11th place. She had two group dates and a one on one and had more Hooju's that season than any other player at four. And now, I don't even know how many she's had this season. She had three tonight. I believe she's had. Three, four others. I think she's up to like seven or eight Hooju's for her bachelorette season.
1: Wow. Another indicator that she's a student of the game is her wearing the Game of Roses t shirt in her Instagram story tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so True. maybe she has learned from the literal best. <laughs> By the way, I, I don't even know. Clues and I have talked about this a lot, but we are just very excited that this happened. It was a very cool moment today.
0: Absolutely. And another cool moment was (laughs) Blake Moynes' (laughs) date. I was just trying to segue. So we see a shot of some geese, a clear reference to Canadian geese, and then we hear... I think the Canadian National Anthem starts playing, and Moines takes her into this room decorated with a Canadian flag, some hockey skates, some dead animals mounted on the wall, all things that remind us of our neighbors to the north. And he sits her down, and he gets behind a bar telling her that he used to bartend, and he gets out maple syrup. And he tells her, Canadians love their maple syrup. They fucking drink it with everything. Mm-hmm. They have it on their bedstands. I'm like, yeah. is this true? <laughs> their I don't bed know. bedside
1: tables. You've been to Canada?
0: Many people have been to Canada. I mean, I've never seen (laughs) such a thing, but I'm not sure. Maybe that's what his family does. It's possible.
1: He's like a wildlife man. You know, he's like one with the trees and the animals. He's probably got maple syrup. I don't know. They also have made every player who does a Canada-themed date fucking chug maple syrup. I feel like they did that on What's-Her-Face's date.
0: Serena P. Yeah, they did. This exact same thing was done in Matt James's season. Literally like a Canada room that she took him into. Yeah. But they do a shot of maple syrup here, and she asks him if he's ever used maple syrup in the bedroom before, and he's just like, oh, yeah. They play some darts. <laughs> this, I thought, was a perfect opportunity to do a redo of Nick Bial's famous dart scene from uh! <laughs> his fantasy suites with Raven.
1: I know exactly what you're talking
0: about. Where he picks her up <laughs> and uses her as a human dart. dart. Yeah. Yeah. Moines dropped the ball here. But we get uh, you know, it's kind of a lighthearted, fun hometown. They're throwing darts into these balloons. Little papers are coming out with questions. Katie reveals her biggest fear is spiders. Moines gets one that says, Touch her on his favorite body part, and he says, I've got two. Kisses her. And gets two hands full of ass. That is not shy style, my friends. That uh-uh. is bold style. And the fucking cameraman loves it because he zooms right in on it. You just get a full frame of his two hands on her butt, squeezing as hard as he can.
1: I love this moment because he has written all of the questions that are in these balloons. So he has prepared what? his answers. What? You don't think he has?
0: Fuck no. This is all producers did all this shit. You think
1: he what? wrote the
0: questions in those balloons? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, agreed to disagree. You don't think he
1: had a hi- <laughs> You don't think he had a hand in it? You think he was Maybe. he just went into that room filled with props and was just like, "I don't know. Yeah, we chugged this maple syrup." Yes. Oh, God, you're probably right. Well, <laughs> either way, it's an amazing moment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And then they- <laughs> I have to know that like no one has handwritten anything who is on this show. Like Andrew Spencer, did he write that card? Who knows?
0: No, a producer wrote that. I don't even I know just, if he knew what it said when he handed it to her.
1: It's amazing how long we've been doing this, and I still get tricked every time by different <laughs> things.
0: <laughs>
1: well, the next
0: trick the producer has play- to
1: kisses her, grabs her ass. What a what a moment. <laughs>
0: It was a very strong play, and he's keeping this day light as well. This is light. This is fun. <laughs> they go outside, and they ride a mechanical bull that's made to look like a moose. They fall off it. They kiss in the, the padding that's around it.
1: Excellent prone play.
0: They play some hockey in jerseys that read Honey Bee and Honey Bear. A car pulls up and honks at him. Get out of the road. Stop playing hockey. It's like, I'm sorry, isn't this entire place shut down who the fuck is this in the car so that's some weird producer bit that they're like have a car drive up and pretend to honk at them like as to drive by what the fuck you know Why? who
1: did that it's the same person who pulled the tree branch out and scared the shit out of Tasha.
0: <laughs> it's just the <laughs> fucking prankster on the they, production
1: yeah crew. they have this fucking wild card But we are made to believe that this date is a peeping Tom and that Greg Grippo can see the whole street hockey game from his balcony where there is a penalty box set up for Blake Boynes to pull Katie Thurston into and make out.
0: Now let's discuss this. Do you believe he actually saw it? He says in his ITM that he caught a glimpse of their one-on-one and he got scared by it. Do you think that was real or the producer scripted that for him? Because when they show that shot of him pondering, that does not to me look like he's watching their date.
1: No, I feel like he saw them like bringing in a moose head or something. And like, I don't think he saw them making out.
0: I didn't think so either. I thought that this was a manufactured moment and potentially even they cut together that line somehow or just made him re-record it, said, hey, say this, you know?
1: Yeah. You can't trick me more than 10 times per episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, tricks continue in portion number two. It's night. And we see some <laughs> geese flying around in the night. And Moines and Thurston walk through ladder country. Thousands of ladders. There were so many fucking ladders, so many fucking fences in this. Uh, Katie Thurston's carrying some gifts. And she ITMs that Blake is not yet in love with her, which makes the night scary because he's very close with his family. And if they don't like her, that could be all she wrote. So she's kind of preloading the circumstance here that they they are not at a good place with the uh, love levels. and these potential familial walls are her obstacle and Blake tells her she's going to meet Emily Taylor and Cody and you don't have to be great he says just be you they kiss and uh, Blake ITMs that he's going to need his family's approval to move forward so that's kind of the setup what we're watching to see if it happens is she going to get the approval or not
1: which is kind of like a blessing we don't really get Blessings from the families on the hometowns during The Bachelorette, but it's kind of the same idea here. Moines' mom grills Katie, says, at what point did you decide to pursue Blake? Katie tells her there was instant chemistry, and Blake's mom pushes it. She's like, it's not just physical. Blake's like, it's a thousand percent there, but it's not just the physical. (laughs) Don't worry, I got a
0: full ass full
1: know, Mom. It's there. <laughs>
0: they pull up that fucking video and throw it on the TV. Check this out. Yeah. That's what I'm check.
1: And she, Blake's mom, loads a glow here. She says, seeing them together, there's a connection. It's pouring out of them. And this is something that you're looking for in the hometowns. It's basically a physical... A physical acknowledgement that there is love, that love levels are happening, that they're connected, and it usually results in a family member saying, you're glowing, or I can tell you're really in love, or like, you look happier than I've ever seen you. You have a sparkle in your eye, etc.
0: And it should be noted that the structure of all these hometowns is always exactly the same. The player and the lead come in. They sit down, there is a group conversation with all family members present, and then the family members start picking off one by one the player in the lead to go have these one-on-one conversations with them. And in this case, Katie and Blake's mom go off for the first one-on-one, and here the mom elevates the loading of a glow to a literal glow. The first thing she says to Katie is, he is smitten. This is an unsolicited glow. And Katie says, neither of them have LL Ford, but they both think they can get there and they're committed to pursuing the relationship. And then uh Moyne's mom goes straight from I'm gonna glow you to do you think you're behind in schedule because he came into the game late? She already knows the fucking game cold as well. She's already offering an excuse to be like, well, it's not so bad. Here's why that could be a why he may be a little behind. And then Thurston initiates what I really thought was a beautiful sacred word retention strategy here. She says she can't do an LL4 in the game while she's dating multiple people. Despite the producers at this point having sent in Tayshia to tell her to love level 4 everyone, here <laughs> she's showing this strategy, which I feel like is a strategy of a pretty studied player because multiple LL4s can fucking destroy you. We've seen that time and time again. And she's basically saying... I'm only going to level level four one person. And she gives it this four TRR justification that I'm not going to fuck over the mm-hmm. other players. While I'm dating multiple people, I can't say it. So it has to be the last person. And that's how it's going to be. And honestly, I thought this was a beautiful way to get out of this conversation with any hometown parents, with any of the other players, ultimately. And I think it's a strategy. I mean, obviously, I had some problems later in tonight's big game. But I think that strategy is one that most leads will adopt moving forward. And I think this is kind of a historic moment where the blueprint for it is laid out. I don't think you're going to see a Ben Higgins, Mm. in the future again. I think this will be what all players, all leads do. Sorry, moving forward.
1: Thirsty and sacred word defense.
0: (laughs) that's right <laughs> yeah of course it just gets you out of so much trouble and it's like a catch-all yeah it's like well have you two said you've loved each other no I can't because I'm not gonna do that to all yeah. these players like she can I'm say that to Justin's that. friends too <laughs> exactly you can say it to anybody
1: Blake meanwhile is off with his sister who is playing a bad cop in this situation she's like so this is the one you said that about Claire you said that about Tasha, and Blake basically outlines the four audiences here he says there's so many things that you're battling in this process and his sister goes what if someone else already said it basically you're behind on your love levels Blake says that word is going to be used it's a matter of when when I know I know and this is the most I've ever known and Blake comes off so for TRR in this hometown visit. He is constantly loading Love Level 4, although he doesn't actually ultimately play in this episode. I thought it was a very strong hometown.
0: For sure. I, this part you're mentioning where he's talking to his sister as well, and he brings up the four audiences. He says, uh, there's so many things you're battling here from the other guys to time. He understands... That there are audiences, but I don't think he's quite locked into the four yet. I don't think he understands it like on a a very concrete level because the other guys obviously is the second audience, but time when he says that, what he really means is the third audience. You're battling the producers. They're the ones who are in control of your time. They're the ones who dictate how much time you get to spend with the lead, how much time you have to spend doing ITMs or fucking in the hot tub, whatever it may be.
1: How many knock knocks you get. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So it's interesting to see, as we are moving into the next phase of the professional era, even little statements like this are clear examples that players are starting to understand the mechanics of this game in a way that even allows them to just fucking Mm -hmm. talk to their sister about it. So that means the family members are going to start to... Blake's mom, by the way, I think, understands the game fucking cold. She was brilliant this whole (laughs) fucking night.
1: Oh, by the way... Blake extracts tears from his sister here. Extremely for T.R.
0: And then Blake sits down with his mom. And the mom says, could you see her as your wife? He says 100%. And then she pulls a, a precog out of him. Could you see yourself proposing? Yes. I'm like, who is his fucking mom? This is crazy. She's the only words she's saying are in service of game elements. It's fucking amazing to me.
1: Do you think she researched you when you won her book?
0: <laughs> no, I don't. But she does tell him here, you need to man up an LL4 her, basically, if that's how you fucking feel. And I have to disagree with her a little bit. I would actually recommend that Blake Moines do an LL3 in the auto zone on this night, which he did not do, but he could save his LL4 for the finals. He's still got two love levels left to burn. Might as well not overuse them, I say. Get maximum value, but his mom sheds tears here, unsolicited as she then LL4s her son. Again, perfect mom play. Sweet Nums is a more dynamic mom player, but this was perfectly done by Moyne's mother here. And then we end the hometown with a night game of street hockey, very reminiscent of Michelle Young's family playing basketball with Matt James at the end of her hometown date in Season 25 of The Bachelor. And Moyne's ITMs that he feels love more than he ever has but love is a word he takes very seriously. He gets an AutoZone kiss, but does not raise that love level as Katie Thurston gets into no. the car and drives away. Sticks with
1: arts. love level one. He says, I feel so good about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, great. Solid one, Moines.
0: Pace Case, do you know who invented jewelry?
1: No. Do you?
0: I don't think anyone does, but the earliest jewelry we know about came from Neanderthals about 100,000 years Uh. ago. Since then, jewelry has evolved. And now, Orate is a fine jewelry brand founded by women for women. Pieces range from classic to statement to completely original Orate makes the jewelry you've always wanted, but could never find. It's insanely good quality. Orate's gold feels substantial, and the diamonds sparkle and shine. Such high quality. So beautiful. (laughs) Because it's all real gold. You can wear it, and you never have to take it off. Shower, sport, sleep, cook, anything. Orate is jewelry for life.
1: I love jewelry I can sport with.
0: As do we all. And all Orate pieces come with a lifetime warranty because they know it lasts. Because Orate sells direct to you, without the middleman markup, they can offer the same quality as traditional Fifth Avenue brands at a fraction of that cost. Orate has basically, in quotes, hacked the jewelry market, making real gold accessible. And... It's ethically sourced and sustainably made. Their gold is never mined and their gemstones and diamonds are also certified conflict-free so everyone can shop with a sparkling conscience. Orate also gives back and supports various causes ranging from the environment to social causes empowering women, youth, and the children.
1: Clues, as you know, I am a I am a simple lass. You know, I love things to be easy. I don't want to have to like take my jewelry off and put on new jewelry every day. And that is part of why I love Ori. I love the huggy earrings with white diamonds. It is, they're so beautiful. It's a lean, modern silhouette. And it's 16 handset white diamonds of pure, enduring elegance. You can wear them to a late night gig, early morning meeting, or dinner with the in-laws. They'll be right at home in any setting, and the best thing about them, they are such good quality that you don't ever have to take them off. You Just one and done. Never have to change your earrings. That's my kind of earring.
0: Hey, the Neanderthals wish they had jewelry like this, okay? Right now, for 15% off your first eight purchase, you're going to go to orate new york.com slash roses and use the promo code roses that's a-u-r-a-t-e new com slash roses promo code roses for 15% off your first orate purchase
1: portion number three begins with two majestic stallions nuzzling each other and that's just blake and greg (laughs) 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 just kidding it was two horses and these two horses were my (laughs) creature of the week (laughs) we see justin he's on the phone He doesn't have any children. Why is he on the phone? He's talking to his parents. They can't come to hometowns. And his mom questions the process, says, I find it difficult how anyone could get to know someone in this short period of time to propose. I admire that she's loading familial walls from afar. Remote walls.
0: Justin's inability to get his parents to arrive for the fuck First round of playoffs was my error, 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 error of the game. As we said up top, you know you're coming into this game. In a best case scenario, you will see yourself in the playoffs. And if that happens, you must have your family there because, as we're going to see, you can't get to know if you're going to marry somebody or not in quotes, you know, whatever. It's all part of the game, but that is a piece of the game. You have to have a good meeting of the family. You have to, or shit can end in disaster. If you don't have a meeting of the family or you have a bad one or even a weird one, It can totally fuck up your game. And so here, Justin has basically eliminated himself, in my opinion. Obviously, we see other things happen that are kind of out of his control, but he's basically eliminated himself from any possibility of getting a ring here, potentially even any possibility of being the fucking bachelor, if any of that was ever on the table, because his parents are unwilling to engage with the game. And that's on him. He has to convince them to do it.
1: As a player... In your preparation for hometowns, you are trying, it is also a audition for the next crown. And if you can make your family entertaining enough that people want them to come back, they're going to be in more support of you being the next bachelor. I'm not saying Sweet Nums got Popeye the crown, but she didn't hurt.
0: I mean, no shit. <laughs> Go back and watch Sweet Nums play during season 15 of Bachelorette. It was fucking transcendent even then. I think producers saw her and were like, oh my God, she can basically be the star of the last three episodes if we make him our bachelor. And indeed, that's literally what they did.
1: You think they had enough foresight that they could see Bring Her Home to Us seasons before?
0: One season before, yeah. Sweet nums is just like, she's animated beyond a kind of normal human capacity. You know, her <laughs> energy is like always 120%. And I think they were like, she'll be great on TV. And I- I'm not saying it necessarily got him the crown specifically, but like you're saying, didn't fucking hurt. If your yeah. family's a bunch of fucking duds, they're not going to throw them on TV.
1: And they also, they just make you come off way more for TRR. As we'll see with Grippo's date, they can re-hit your PTC. It. Is, there are so many different positive elements that they add to your pitch for crown that I agree with you this is a this is a huge error
0: but then we have to slog through the second hometown date with no <laughs> parents and Justin is going to show her what life in Baltimore is like so <laughs> life in Baltimore starts on the same gravel path where she met Moines and we get another high- level Hooju here there is a little hitch in the mount. The initial jump doesn't quite give her enough momentum to fully wrap her legs around Justin, and she has to give a kind of second effort to fully lock her ankles. But she does achieve the ankle lock, which is important, and she gets in some good kisses, head holding, and her dismount is fantastic. The Moines Huju was a little better, but this one also gets high marks. She simply, at this point, is so practiced in the art of the hujou, the subsport, that she doesn't really do a bad one. They're all extremely good at this point.
1: I mean, she's in the Hoojoo Hall of Fame for pure volume, like Bukowski.
0: Did he do Hoojus? Oh, you mean volume no. play?
1: You wanted to put, put Chris Bukowski in the Hall of Fame because he had appeared in the most uh, shows.
0: <laughs> there was a thing in our last Patreon episode where we were talking about Ben Higgins going on Bachelor Happy Hour and talking about his experiences. Bachelor in Bachelor Party? Bachelor Party, sorry, yeah there was a clip of him saying that he'd been asked to go to Paradise a lot and he mentioned the name of his producer. And so I looked that guy up on Instagram and I scrolled all the way back through his shit to see when he started working on uh, The Bachelor. And I found in there, there's a picture of him and Chris Bukowski from like 2012 and I was like, holy shit. That dude's been around forever. Bukowski.
1: He has. (laughs) Well, the Bukowski of Hoojus, Thurston continues her reign (laughs) and Justin brings her to the iconic Baltimore sign where they do a photo shoot and then a horse-drawn carriage pulls up.
0: And this carriage is being drawn by a majestic Clydesdale. And this Clydesdale is strutting his stuff. He's pawing at the ground with his hooves. He's pulling this whole fucking date on his back. Without this Clydesdale, there is no Baltimore hometown date. This Clydesdale was my... Creature of the week. (laughs) I love to see creatures in our beloved game, but the thing that I love to see the most from our creatures is when the entire date hinges on the creature's performance and the creature delivers a fantastic one. That is what happened here. And I'd like to point out that this creature wasn't alone. There was a driver on this carriage, and this carriage driver was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week.
1: Wow, a dynamic duo of a creature of the week and a bystander of the week.
0: (laughs) It was a great thing to see. This Clydesdale wouldn't even know how to strut his stuff if it wasn't for the driver of the carriage telling him when and how to do it. I couldn't have been more satisfied by this dynamic duo. Thank you so much to the carriage driver and to this Clydesdale horse. You were both fantastic, and I hope to see you on another date because I'm sure... We'll see it as the producers recycle literally every fucking date they have ever done in these past three seasons.
1: I don't even know how to continue at this point. The energy coming out of my Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot.
0: Well, my, my creature of the week and my Jorge Moreno bystander of the week then take our lovely crown and Justin past a graffiti wall and Justin is ITMing that in Baltimore... Uh, There's this big famous graffiti wall. Now, this wall has a blank half, and it looks like they probably got out of the carriage and did some graffiti, especially given that Justin is an artist, but we don't see that footage. This is one more example of them just fucking cutting the shit out of Justin's everything. They had this whole thing set up for him. I'm sure they got out and spray-painted that fucking wall. We saw none of it.
1: In fact, it came off as rude to me. I was like, oh, they just drive by it. I guess, like, that poor... put that together he does get in some really amazing play here when he asks whether Katie likes blue cheese or ranch and we see how he's been able to float float even through the day portion of his hometown date
0: but even that is like in the fucking edit you know I'm sure they talked about more important shit and that's what we get to see what fucking Mm -hmm. kind of salad dressing you like
1: they don't want him to be bachelor
0: They don't want him to be in the show. It's really fucking sad what they've done to this guy, in my opinion. We Mm. were looking at his fucking Instagram. This man is a finalist. This man, the worst he can do right now is a runner-up. He has 45,000 Instagram followers. And that is because of the edits. That is because of how the producers have treated him this season. They have disappeared this fucking man.
1: His parents knew. They were like, we're watching your gains. They're not good. We're not coming to hometowns. <laughs> the
0: parents were like, you don't have enough parents. Gonna- no power for us to fucking waste a weekend on you.
1: Yeah, we're not going to risk COVID. And like, it's pretty far. You have no gains. Uh, they go to a long dinner table that has some candelabras on it, where Justin tells her that Maryland is known for crabs, and they crack open these little uh, creatures. And Justin says, compare, does a metaphor for love," and says, "just get past the nasties."
0: It's very difficult for me to see people consuming corpses. Um, it always like is grotesque Eating to
1: meat, me. You mean?
0: Yeah, I mean meat. I don't like to watch people eating meat, but I really don't like to watch them like when disassembling a them. body. The eyes, yeah, all of that. Yes, and mm-hmm. this shit to me was just like I don't know. You especially couldn't kinda... get
1: past the nasties. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. I no. I fucking could not. <laughs>
1: Justin then brings her into a room with a bunch of lights and he says when I think of hometowns family comes to mind as if like (laughs) that isn't the default but he says I unfortunately found out my parents were not able to make it but my two best friends Herb and Tommy are here they're like my brothers known them 12 almost 15 years and they know stuff about me my parents don't so presumably in some ways that's better (laughs) than my family
0: And then Katie ITMs that it's a struggle to see if he's ready for marriage and proposal without meeting his family. This is exactly what's going to happen every fucking time your parents don't show up. Every time. You're giving the lead an out. Look, our relationship is great, but... Now we're at the phase where I have to decide if I'm going to accept a proposal and I just can't do that without having met your family. So we already know he's, I mean, whatever. We knew that he was dismissed a long time ago, but this is just more, it's just piling on more and more. And I'm like, fuck, did the producers get to his parents? Did they tell them not to come? Did they fucking shut them down?
1: Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, they probably painted that mural. They probably like did some paint play and like painted on each other's faces, some chemistry play. Cut.
0: who knows we'll never see it
1: we only see the chemistry play of blake mines
0: and then portion four begins and justin introduces katie to his friends they all have a drink in the group talk and justin talks about her checking off a lot of his boxes even adding more boxes to his list that he wasn't even aware of and herb itms aglow about justin's level of pda which they never ever see from him in a relationship Herb gets that first one-on-one time with Katie, and he asks her, what does made Justin stand out? And she says they have great chemistry, and he's a good kisser. Herb puts up walls for Justin, saying he's guarded, and he asks which love level he's at. Not LL4. Katie then, again, says that she's saving her LL4 for the very end. Well played.
1: By the way, Katie is really resting on this kissing thing. She throws it out as the first line. You know who was my first kiss? like trying to throw his friends a bone for like that he's a serious contender um and Herb, itms that he's fearful other relationships have said love level four and if so justin is behind the ball i do love this game speak by herb
0: fantastic sports metaphor then we get some more one-on-one time with katie and justin's other friend tommy Tommy glows Justin to Katie, saying he's usually guarded, and then he digs a precog out of her. You could see yourself saying yes to her proposal. She says she thinks they could get there, which is obviously code for not a fucking chance.
1: Herb asks Justin if he's Love Level Ford, and Justin says there's still time. And Herb says, still time? There's two weeks. (laughs) It's a great line by him. It makes some of the promos. And Justin said loads that he has walls about love level Four He and Katie sit at a bench, and Katie says they were surprised to see you so comfortable and Justin says, "I know I'm falling in love with you, love level three and Katie says, "I'm proud of you, could feel you fighting that
0: This was hard to watch. there was a lot that was hard to watch in, in tonight's episode, but this was I just feel so (laughs) fucking bad for Justin. I don't think I've ever felt this bad for a player before. He's doing things correctly. He's playing a pretty solid game other than the, the parental error and some other shit. But it's like the producers are just doing him fucking dirty. Clearly, Katie is not into him in any meaningful way. It's just absurd at this point that he's still in the fucking game. Nonetheless... He takes her to the auto zone, puts her in the car, gets a hug, gets a kiss. Portion five begins. This is the third hometown. Shy style master, Gregory Grippo. During the day portion, we see a bird flying away. It's the opening shot. Very shy, this bird. It's foreshadowing the style we're about to see played by Grippo. Uh. Grippo (laughs) ITMs that he wasn't supposed to see her date with Blake. Lol, I wrote, producers Lol. made you see it, dude. If you did really see it, if indeed that happened, producers made sure it would. They did that on purpose. You were, in fact, very much supposed to see it. It was designed that way to drive you to the breaking point. All that said, I don't think he saw it. I don't think any of what mm. he's about to do in this game is Peeping real. Peeping Tomgate. Exactly. I believe that that was something the producer said to him. And I also think everything he's about to do is an orchestrated play.
1: I also believe that.
0: (laughs) Nonetheless, it was fascinating to watch. So this portion five really is where I believe the game begins. This is where we are now about to watch extraordinarily high-level play, unorthodox play, kind of balls-to-the-wall, all-in, 4TRR attack style play that we really have not seen in a very long time. Early, early seasons in Bachelor, people would do this type of shit, shout down the game itself in service of a 4TRR kind of baseline. And here he's doing it in the year 2021 in season 17 of The Fucking Bachelorette. All right, let's just start breaking this down. Here we go. So... They walk down the same gravel path that we have seen her meet both Moines and Justin on. You're talking about Baltimore. (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking about Baltimore. Sorry. Or was it Canada? Katie says, this is the longest walk of my life. And then when she gets in range, that walk quickens to a fast jog. She is now in the approach for her 3rd hooju of this round. And this is another fantastic Huju. Again, there is this slight hitch in getting the ankle lock, but she does eventually get it. And her cling is so high and tight that she has what is essentially a full conversation with Grippo while in the cling. She also gets in some hair play, some kisses before a competent dismount, transitions into a single handhold. Brilliant fucking hoojuing. Again, it's sheer volume. Every time we see her meet someone, there is a fucking hooju. And we're not done. There's gonna be another one a little bit later that was fucking. Probably the longest hooju in the history of the game.
1: There's sheer volume, but there's also just sheer enthusiasm. Sometimes we see players do hooju's and it's like, you can tell they're being forced. They're like, yeah. ke- like Kelly Flanagan and the flip flops down that mountain. Like, they don't want to be doing it. Katie Thurston can't wait.
0: No, she fucking loves the sub sport, which in turn means she loves the larger sport, which in turn makes us enjoy watching her. This type of shit is what good high-level players do. Nick Vial's always talking about you got to make good TV, got to make good TV as the lead. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like a producer yourself. Well, fucking dishing out whoju's like this left and right, that's part of that.
1: Grippo tells Thurston he wants to give her a taste of his beach hometown, so they're going to be riding a tandem bicycle, and they bike to a little makeshift uh, pork roll stand. She has her first pork roll with cheese. He asks if she's ever had Italian ice and she has not. Hmm.
0: <laughs> what are you getting at there? <laughs> Is that a conspiracy of some kind?
1: <laughs> What's going on? I'm losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> uh then <laughs> he takes her. Here's my actual conspiracy. He takes okay. her to this oh, wave blow-up thing that's like a jumpy castle, but it's got a surfboard that is substituting for the mechanical bull. Is this the same mechanical bull that was a moose for Blake Moynes' day portion? 100%. And they constructed it into a surfboard. Yeah. It's the same
0: thing? 100%. They're not even taking old dates from prior seasons and just redoing them. They're literally taking the same fucking props they used on the literal prior date. And just being like, uh, take the moose thing off and put it on a surfboard. <laughs> have them stand on that. And so they lazy. do the
1: exact same chemistry play where they fall off and then they make out in the prone position.
0: And then Grippo takes her onto a tennis court to play basketball because he used to play basketball with his dad. So we get the re hit of his PTC. They sit on a bench and Grippo says that he wishes his dad could have met her. Again, double dipping into that PTC. And he tells her that his mom and his brother and a friend will be meeting her. And says that he feels so good with her. And he's so excited to walk into the door and intro her to his family. Grippo predicts the family will give glow because she's so incredible. He has recreated the rain part of the date for them to make out under some sprinklers. And they get a kiss. And she ITMs LL3 for him, saying he's truly everything. She can see herself walking away with him at the end of this. And they run back onto the courts. And as they're messing around with the basketballs, he pulls her up into a standing Huju. Now, this is not a full Huju. There was no approach. This isn't a an actual Huju. But we're still getting the cling. We're still getting the mount. We're still getting ultimately a dismount, which do we ever even fucking see it? Because once she's up in this cling, he's walking <laughs> around with her for what seems like half a fucking hour. He puts her up against the fence. He's literally just marching around the court, carrying her in a fucking Huju. This is extremely Mm -hmm. high-level sub-sport. I I just couldn't fucking believe it. She doesn't get out of the hooju.
1: I saw this as an homage to the main move of our 24th Bachelor Popeye, the forklift. Mm. He would lift up all of his players and put them on things and make out with them. Strong chemistry play.
0: When I saw this, I was just like, it gave me a little... Little twinge of sorrow, because I do think Katie Thurston is, she's an extremely high-level player, as we've said again and again and again, and she's doing things as bachelorette that we've never really seen before, parasocially certainly in her huju game mm-hmm. and all this kind of shit, and I was just like, fuck, what could she have done on a regular season? What could she have done with travel? What could she have done in a mansion? I just these bubble seasons are are. I just don't like them. They feel Mm -hmm. cheap. They feel lazy. And someone like Katie Thurston, I think would have just like shined so fucking bright in a regular season. Mm -hmm. And when I saw her do this like 30 minute long hoojoo, I was like, fuck. What I wouldn't give to see her doing that around the streets of Paris. They're walking under the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) She's just fucking stuck (laughs) to him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully the algorithm will make that uh, material for us shortly. Fuck.
0: Imagine if she would have gotten to go on the Vomit Comet on the Nick Vial date with Vanessa Grimaldi. She could have fucking hoo in zero G.
1: I feel bad because I feel like she was in love gr- with Greg Grimpo.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the emotions truly lie with any of these players, which is a testament mm-hmm. to their skill, honestly. It's like... <laughs> I'm 50 50 on all of it. I'm like, maybe she wasn't yeah. with them. Maybe she's just playing the game. I don't fucking know. That's great play, in my opinion.
1: The next portion begins, and we have the Greg Grippo meeting of the family portion. Katie and Greg walk. She's holding a bouquet. They go past a ladder. And Grippo ITMs that his family hasn't seen him truly happy since his dad passed away. And that is kind of the story that we are watching for this meeting of the family portion. Katie meets his mom, Sandy, his brother, Joe and his BFF. And he also says if his family sees it, no question, there could be an engagement. The precog is dependent on this meeting of the family portion. Katie and Grippo tell, his mom about his limo exit and how he said he was fucking nervous and she grabbed his face and told him it was going to be okay there was an immediate spark the family is prepared they brought physical pictures of the whole family they have physical pictures of the dad with the whole family the dad at his birthday and then his mom introduces what is supposedly a surprise to Grippo and Thurston, a video. And they had introed that his sister wasn't there because she was at a brand new job. And we see this video of both of his sisters and all of his nieces and nephews sending them well wishes. His sister's so proud. Tells Katie that his, her brother is an incredible person. That One of them says, I know dad is so proud of you. This video that I think Grippo prepared with his family was my play, 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 play of the game. We already knew Grippo was going to have strong family play as he had cringled that necklace allegedly made by his niece on night one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust anything, but preparing your family to re-hit your PTC over and over to future cast the kids and the giant family you could have, and especially, Grippo couldn't have prepared for this, but the juxtaposition against Justin's parents not coming and bringing his two friends instead and not having any interaction with the parents, I thought this was such a strong move. It pulls tears from Grippo. It comes off extremely for TRR. I loved this.
0: It's textbook. This is what your family has to do. The ones that can show up have to show up, and the ones that don't have to record a message on video that has an army of children in it. You <laughs> have to do it, and they do it perfectly. I I agree with you. This was a brilliant play. It was not my play of the game, but it was fucking. Brilliant. I cried.
1: Fourth audience tears.
0: Jesus.
1: I know. I know.
0: As you know, I've never again. cried at the show, but I came close when. Andrew Spencer talked about the double death of the athlete. Wow. I'm just kidding. I didn't come close. But that was the only (laughs) moment I've ever felt any emotion while watching this show.
1: Have you ever cried while watching any piece of media? Yes. (laughs) What? Was it sports? (laughs) Was it a squirrel?
0: It was the fucking Russell Crowe movie gladiator have you ever seen that movie yes when he it was right after yeah that's the movie it was right after it was maybe like a week after i had just gone through a fucking terrible breakup and i was super fucking mm. depressed and i was just like oh he still loves his wife and i started crying oh my god <laughs> that's so sweet yeah that me Aww. is dead <laughs>
1: That's very 4TRR
0: clues. Then we get some one-on-one on, one time with Grippo's brother Joe and Katie. He glows Greg in an ITM saying that he hasn't been that happy in a long time, and we see him re-hitting that narrative. And then he sits down to talk with Katie, and he glows Grippo to Katie and says they both look happy. Says, and she says they PTC'd each other, and uh, Joe then says he hasn't talked to anyone about that, Greg Grippo. Joe asks her for a precog. She obliges. She could see herself married to him. First one-on-one time with Grippo's family going off flawlessly.
1: Grippo sits down with his friend and tells him he's in love with this girl. Loading love level four. And... It appears that there has been a lot of future casting that was not on camera, but Grippo tells him that we've talked out logistics. She's going to come to New York.
0: He also tells this friend that he LL3'd her and says that she didn't say it back, which is wrong. She did. She did yeah, ll 3 him. she did. He doesn't understand yeah. the game in that regard, at least here. He has no memory of it. I found that strange.
1: I mean, he hadn't even remembered that he had love level 3 would
0: Right. Nor is her love level three to him ever brought up in any of the conversations that are going to happen after this, which I thought was strange as well. Which then leads me to believe this may all be an elaborate play to win that crown. We will get to it. The next one on one time is between Katie and Grippo's mom. She says. That Grippo said he was so nervous, and she liked that in the beginning. This is a reference to his shy style, of course. And Grippo's mom demands to know the love levels that they are each at. And Katie then again says she doesn't want to use the word front runner, but she does, and she doesn't care if she's not supposed to say this. But Greg is someone who will be here next week. And then it's mom says, "Well, at that moment, it wasn't. <laughs> I think she thought that that was true." No, and I- then. Grippo's mom says, do you think you're in love with Greg? And she says, Greg has ll 3 me, but she will not LL4 him until it is the last person on the show. And the mom then says the line that we've seen in all the promos about worrying about him getting his heart hurt. And Katie says, that's totally normal. But at the end of this, everyone except one man gets hurt, and that's a burden she's going to have to carry. Katie says that she thinks she and Greg are a perfect match. So it does seem in this conversation like Katie is giving all the indications that Greg is at this point her ring winner. That's what mm. I'm, the feeling I get from all these conversations she's having anyway.
1: I mean, she's trying to give him roses before the rose ceremony. She's calling him a front runner. She has told him, I guess, that they're going to move to New York.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which we now, obviously, as they were saying that, I was like, Well, I've been watching her Instagram. She's moving to San Diego, so that didn't work. Uh... (laughs) Uh, Spoiler. But here, Grippo's mom ITMs that Katie seems sincere and is kind and humble, and she says it's so great to see the light back on in her son. This is a glow, but she still fears him getting hurt or crushed. And then portion seven begins with one-on-one time between Greg and his mother. And the mom literally says to him, you were glowing when you walked into that room. That's about as much of a glow as you can fucking give to somebody.
1: That's a pure glow, hundred percent glow.
0: And then he LL fours Katie to his mom (laughs) saying it's the easiest and lightest thing he's ever experienced. He says he was unhappy for a long time. She fills me up with so much happiness. And Greg says he needs to hear her say the LL four Or at least that's what it appears that he's getting at here. We'll learn later that that's not exactly what he meant, I guess. But he says he feels he needs to hear it from her. This is a brilliant play here from him, giving himself this 4TRR foundation for an attack that is about to come that we are going to watch as he decimates the lead, basically. He destroys the first audience, but it's here that that starts.
1: Yeah, he loads this conditional precog that he needs the love level for before a proposal, and he loads in his ITM that he needs her to be fully vulnerable with him. And then Greg and Katie have this conversation. She says, the thing that made me the most emotional was that your mom said you. Ha- she hasn't seen you this happy in a long time. Katie produces tears. Is she right? Grippo, I'm so happy feel like I lost a major piece of me with my dad. Seeing him go through that, fuck, Katie, it's okay. She kisses his hand. Grippo, he had so much life to him, you know? He produces tears.
0: And then Grippo says, I am in love with you. That is the sacred words of LL4 and Grippo raising of his love level to the fourth, the highest, the ultimate love level was my play, 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 play of the ga- game. This play that he set up, this cascading attack, here begins. He has now put it out there. I'm in love with you. He says, this is real to me. He hasn't been this vulnerable with anyone in his life. He doesn't know what else he has to tell her. He says he's not getting down on one knee twice. It's a one deal thing for him. And she replies, I just love looking at you. This is not what this man wanted to hear. And when he gives her the LL4, he basically is setting up this dynamic where if she doesn't give him what he perceives to be an amount of response that is enough or enough in the right way he can turn it into a fucking attack and we're going to watch him do that it, this play was fucking brilliant because it works either way if she responds in kind he wins the ring if not he mm-hmm. can go straight for the crown he's basically giving her the choice what do you want me to be
1: bring her crown I agree I mean if it weren't for the child army and the <laughs> The family video, which I thought was sort of the launching platform for this play. He drew out this Love Level 4 so much. He Love Level 3 300,000 times. Then he used his family play to build up this moment more and more, telling them she's his person, loading his precog with his mom, re-hitting his PTC. I wrote reheating his PTC here. <laughs> <laughs> um. And yeah, he might have been building up this moment for nefarious means, but he still made it shine. I was very impressed by it.
0: No. And then she sees from his body language that something's off. And she says, I could tell you're not happy. And he goes, why do you think I'm not happy? And she goes, this sucks. And he's like, what sucks? He just keeps coming at her. And you Mm -hmm. know, at this point, he's on the offensive. You know, at this point, he has flipped that switch and he's like, okay, I can see my opening and I'm fucking taking it. And mm-hmm. he just goes on the fucking attack. She's saying hard. that this process is shitty at this point, And she understands that. And he's like, I don't really give a fuck about the process. We are seeing in this moment, they go into this other darkened room and we get this conversation they're having in silhouette with all the words that they're saying on the bottom of the screen and subtitles. And she says it's hard for her to meet other families knowing they have such strong connection. And he says he doesn't get how she doesn't know at this point that it's me and you. He's confused. She says, it feels like you're losing trust. And he's like, I'm not losing trust. I'm losing my fucking shit here. And this is the process, Greg. I, in this moment, I cannot tell if he's truly affected by this or if this is acting, making a crown run. I, I still don't quite know. I'm like 50-50. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm more like 60-40. I'm leaning toward crown run. I think this may all yeah. be an act but he's so good at turning on the tears. He's so good at the outrage that I was fucking literally blown away by it.
1: I agree. I tend to go with the 60% as well because in my opinion, if you love someone, you don't break up with them because of one blank stare, but <laughs> again, he, was, he did play this amazingly. He seems like someone who is actually in extreme distress.
0: And it has this thing, because they're in this darkened room, they're whispering, it has this tone that it's like, this shit is secret. This shit is outside yeah. of the show. It's outside it's of the game. Real. Exactly. It's real. And we get more moments of that later, when Katie Thurston goes he in the puts bathroom. He hood
1: up. That, now you that. know he means business.
0: <laughs> but we're starting to get the basis of his attack, that he's going to really fucking, after he has 24 hours to think about it, he's going to come hard with it again in the next day, but... We start to get the basis of it in this thing where in this conversation where she says she never felt like he wanted to give up until right now. And he says, I've also never felt like you're hiding things back from me until tonight. She says, what do you need to know? And he says, what did you need to know in this process? He's just turning all this shit right back on her. Anything she says, he reverses it. Mm -hmm. And he says, didn't you need to know where people are at in this process? And she says, I told you. It's not going to be easy. And he's like, yeah, I agree. They go to the auto zone. She says, I'll see you soon. And she has to ask for a kiss here. Mm -hmm. She's already on the defensive, already in the submissive role. He has the fucking complete control of all of this. And this is not, the kiss she gets is not, I can't wait to see you again. Let me kiss you type of kiss. This is a how pissed off are you at me type of kiss, a measuring stick of how fractured the relationship is. And she drives away and Greg ITMs that he's confused and he doesn't get it. He needs to hear her say how she feels, and she won't say it. Her kind of brilliant strategy of holding back the LL4 from everybody until the final person is falling apart here, really, because Grippo found the weakness in it. And the weakness, as with any strategy in our beloved game, is 4TRR. If you can convince anyone, the audience, the other players, whoever, that you are pure 4TRR, You can even attack the process itself, which is what Grippo is doing here, successfully. Fascinating to fucking Mm, watch.
1: Disagree on the successfully part, but time will tell.
0: We are all of us consumers. We buy things constantly and we're all shopping online. We've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But now, thanks to Honey, that code field will taunt you no more. Because manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online I didn't even know there were that many online stores and these stores range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands even food delivery we all gotta eat imagine shopping at one of your favorite sites when you check out the honey button will drop down and all you have to do is click apply coupons you wait a few seconds as honey searches for coupons it can find for that site and if honey finds a working coupon you will watch the prices drop
1: Clues, as you know, I have been playing a certain video game that involves catching cute creatures, and I decided I, it was time to level up, and I would get a gadget that is associated with this game that helps you catch these creatures, put them in your balls. And when I purchased said gadget, after losing the free one that you gave me, I saved $10 on this specific gadget. It has changed my life, leveled up my cute creature video game game. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Honey roses. That's joinhoney.com slash roses.
0: It's no secret that lately I've been getting swole, yoked, ripped. I've been working out like a madman to try and get back in shape after I've been locked in my house for so long because of the pandemic. And I'm experiencing... A little bit of soreness to say the least. (laughs) But now there's caliper CBD. I'm not sore anymore. I sleep easier. I'm calmer with caliper CBD. It relieves my stresses. I've tried other things, I've tried taking melatonin, I've tried doing meditations. Sometimes those work a little bit, but not like Caliper. Caliper is incredible. It's just CBD. At first, I was kind of like, is this really going to work on me? The CBD. (laughs) But then I dropped it in some water, and indeed, it worked on me. It has improved my life. I've noticed an impact on all my stress levels, my overall sense of calm. Again, I'm not sore, After my massive workouts anymore.
1: I'm so happy for you. And congrats on being able to do a massive workout. That's very impressive. Caliper CBD powder is the only clinically proven fast-acting CBD. Caliper delivers 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes versus CBD oil. Get all the benefits of CBD in just 10 minutes. Some CBD oils can take over an hour to absorb caliper was developed by food science experts with decades of experience rigorously tested for purity and quality caliper cbd comes in convenient and easy to use packs precisely 20 milligrams in each packet always thc free feel better without the high there's no weird taste or oily residue and it mixes easily into food or drink it's all natural vegan non-GMO, free of fillers, added chemicals, and artificial flavors. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code ROSES at tricaliper.com roses. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it for your massive workouts, they'll give you a full refund. That's tricaliper.com roses. Don't forget promo code ROSES for 20% off your first order. We then see a discussion the next morning where Grippo and Moines talk. They fist bump. Shy style versus bold style. They can come together between fists. (laughs) Moines (laughs) says, I have no idea how she's doing this and what she's really thinking. And Grippo says, you're handling it better than me. Whole thing is tearing me apart. I screamed at her last night. He doesn't say that part. Moynes says, I tried to blank it out. And Grippo ITMs, I'm so sad. I spilled my heart out last night, told her I was in love with her, and she didn't have any reaction. I was hoping something got miscommunicated. So he's setting up that he's going to go do this knock-knock.
0: That part where Moines is talking to him, if we may. There's a couple of things I yeah. want to discuss about this little oh, part please. right here. Is- <laughs> One is... This is the morning after Hometowns, and so they've the producers have collected Grippo and Moines and said, go sit in that fucking room and do a guy chat. Where's Justin? Why isn't he in here? The producers have just eliminated him from the show. He has no fucking chance at this point. He's just at, like, what is he doing in this moment? He's just in his room fucking dicking off. He's painting. Meanwhile, yeah, he's fucking finishing his art. It, I was just like, come on, producers, you're better than this. Like, Just have him sitting in there at least. But there's also this moment where Moines says to Grippo, like, yeah, I just tried to blank it out of my head. And Moines is looking at Grippo. He's about to give him some more advice about how to, like, maneuver through this game. But he sees that Grippo is spinning, and he just shuts the fuck up. He revokes that advice. You can, this is like a high-level play that was pretty subtle, where Moines feels some obligation to be like, oh, let me help this guy out. And then he's like, no, no, wait a minute. Something bad's about to happen to him. I'm not going to say anything. And he just lets it sit. I thought it was very well played.
1: Grippo ITMs. It's clear to me she's not feeling the same. How can I say this is going to be my wife without her telling me she's falling? She did tell you she was falling many episodes ago, Grippo. But he goes to perform this knock-knock. Katie says, "Ah, geez. Wasn't expecting to see you. (laughs) He said, I wanted to talk the other night. She says, you seem nervous. You don't seem comfortable. Don't seem happy. He says, you seem fine. She says, I'm holding my breath. No idea what you're about to tell me, and it scares me. This is hard to watch. Grippo, I told my mom you were the one. When I expressed that to you, I felt like I was telling that to a stranger. You didn't even feel it. Completely dismissed it in in your eyes. Katie, I'm sorry it came off that way. I think back to the first time you told me that. I haven't told anyone I love them. It doesn't feel right knowing there are other guys still here. Grippo, you completely mowed over it and it scared the hell out of me. Katie, maybe I was trying to do more listening. Grippo, even now you're surface. Fuck the rose. I don't give a fuck about the rose. I'm telling you, you filled a hole in my heart. Katie, I was listening more. Grippo, how can you sit there after that and ask me what's wrong? Grippo... Accusing Katie of being 4TWR on the turn of a dime and shitting all over the process while self eliminating was my. <laughs> error, 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 error of the ga- game. You never self eliminate. You go to Fantasy Suites and use our patented bad fuck strategy and then get a heartbreak at it. and Protocol states you knew what you signed up for. You knew what you signed up for, Grippo.
0: Ordinarily, I would agree with you. You don't Mm. self-eliminate. I still think the self-elimination here was a bad move. But the way in which he did it was so for trr It was above the game. He can, he basically is deconstructing the game in this fucking attack. So when she tries to rely on it, saying like, this is just a hard part of the process. I was just trying to listen, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. He's like, I don't give a fuck about roses. I don't care what list I'm on. This is real to me. When you say this is real, you're at a level of 4TR that transcends the game itself. This is a very high level play. Very hard to do. Because you have to pull off correctly. Is it a high level play?
1: High level play for what?
0: For crown run.
1: You just said fuck roses. I don't give a fuck about roses. How is that a crown run? You're fu- you're shitting on the process. How are you handing out roses then when you're like these don't actually mean anything?
0: Exactly that way. You say, "Look, this process did work for me. I LL Ford somebody. I found love in it. She just wasn't the one for me because what I'm looking for is real and she wasn't real." So it gives him the ability to come I don't in even want you to- in that
1: I don't even want you to give him this advice.
0: (laughs) I'm just telling you like that. I can see (laughs) it set up. I see his poster. He's looking for something real. You know, he could easily do this as bachelor. Come in and say like, I do trust the process. It does work. I just have to find that real person. And to me, it's like, yeah, I have to give out roses, but I want you to know I don't have lists. I'm building connections with every one of you. And if something's real, it's fucking real. I think this is a perfect setup for that type of a bachelor, if they're going to go with that.
1: In order to do something like that, he would need to be like, once I find my one, I'm leaving. I'm not giving out any more roses. He's just going to come off like a huge hypocrite. Look, I do think they are giving him a bachelorette. They're giving so much time and space to his heartbreak and his 40 WR accusation. I'm very curious how they're going to play this off in after the final rose. But... I just think you don't eliminate yourself from the game in a way that negates you from being the crown. It's the same with Olio being like, mm. I can't take time away from my kid. Well, then now you can't do Paradise.
0: I think this does not negate him. Let's just look at like a little bit of the editing here. When he's walking to this knock-knock, did you notice the score they were playing?
1: No, I don't hear
0: hear things. Sorry, I, sorry, I forget you don't <laughs> hear music. <laughs> It was a fucking hero score. It was like Mm. in a Steven Spielberg movie where the fucking, some war movie where like the underdogs are about to take the big hill or whatever the fuck, and it's like they're mounting up. Like he's coming to win. This was a hero victory score. They're laying that under everything he's doing as though he's in the right here.
1: The only thing I noticed was him putting on his his gaslighting jacket <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's gaslighting me. I don't know it time will tell
0: time will tell but basically at the end of this entire thing where he's saying I don't care about Rose's fuck all this shit it was never about a rose for him she says there's just this for one time you don't get me and now you're done and he's like this one time And he says he told everybody in his family that she was the one. Katie conjures tears for the first time here. And he says he loved everything about her and he saw her as his girl. Katie says she feels helpless. She doesn't know what to do. She buries her head in her hands. And that's the final shot we get of portion eight. Portion nine begins essentially right where we left off. We're right back in that room. They're still having the same conversation. And he says, you put up a wall. And that changed everything for me. Her wall game was too strong here. If you're going to put it up, you got to bring it down, obviously. And she says, you've been my number one from the very beginning. And that's when he fucking loses his shit. <laughs> I don't want to hear number one and the rows and all that stuff. He's shitting on the process again. And she actually has here an opportunity for Slusian and protocol that could have in some way defended against this. Where she should have said, yeah, you know, I know it's fucking shitty. I know that there's like roses and there's lists and there's fucking rose ceremonies. But guess what? That's the show. You signed up for this. This is the process. And believe me, I have very strong feelings for you. Part of this process is that we have to go to the end of it. And if you can't hack that, that's on you. She could have done that here. Mm
1: -hmm. She doesn't.
0: Instead, she completely acquiesces. You're right. You're right. Blah, blah, blah. And she is taking the submissive position Whereas a lead, I think you don't ever have to do that. You can throw your weight around. You're the fucking bachelorette.
1: Yeah, I think she was just totally, as she said, blindsided by this. By the way, (laughs) right after we watched this, I wrote down what you wrote about um, Grippo accusing Katie of being 4TWR. You said, the very game he was shitting on He was playing at the highest level. (laughs) I thought that was beautiful. (laughs) He is. You agree with yourself from earlier. I agree with myself.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But she tries this kind of feeble defense. I don't know how to date 30 people, okay? And it's like, too late. He's swinging this giant, fucking fiery. 4TRR sword just chopping away the foundation of the game itself exposing the lie of the show that it's yeah. about finding love at all and it's like oh fuck I don't know I just really like this moment because it's so fucking rare that you see somebody go this hard against the game itself and be bolstered by 4TRR it's like a righteous attack you know
1: yeah I I guess oh so. I mean I don't know It. It just doesn't feel real to me <laughs> i'm grippoing right now it doesn't seem real um but yeah katie's response is i i do think she just didn't know what to say in this moment but i was hoping she would have more zingers but maybe they've edited them out because you know once they're done with this crown they just want to bolster up the next one and who's it going to be grippo or alio
0: that's true i mean the edit we're seeing is for a reason and it definitely in my opinion didn't look like it was to sink greg grippo no but this conversation goes on and he says this line what does it rose even mean at this point that we're going to move on to fantasy suites and i'm going to make love to you and then what this was a little vial uh-huh. in my opinion. He was yeah. pre That man's never
1: said make love before <laughs> in his entire goddamn <laughs> life. <laughs> no one says that. <laughs> it's a Shakespearean sonnet.
0: It led me to believe maybe Greg Grippo has studied the game a little more than he's letting on. That's all I'll Ooh. say about that. But he eventually walks out and says that he feels sick to his stomach and leaves Katie in a heap of tears. She goes after him in the hallway. She has one move here, and it's basically to leave the show for him. That's the only way she could repair this. She could have Mm -hmm. done an all-in on him, basically, and said, all right, motherfucker, money where your mouth is. I would be very curious to see what his reaction would have been if she would have done that. Like, it's you. I love you. You're my number one. You're my number two. You're every number to me, and I don't give a fuck about the roses or this show. I love you. Let's be together. I, he his fucking face his yeah. face would have turned white he would have shit his pants and been like uh he's wait like, what no I, I already left trying to make
1: me stay but yeah. uh didn't yeah. actually want to stay <laughs> <laughs> I already left exactly this is a ghost you're yeah, not you don't see you're me. hallucinating is not
0: me this is not who is here. <laughs> Katie, is that Katie Thurston I don't know producer help <laughs> but she doesn't do that obviously. no which makes
1: me think he's not her number one makes me think uh she wants that ass in Des Moines hands forever
0: yeah She tracks him down outside. He's sitting on a little bench. And um, even in this moment, she kneels down by his side in this kind of physical position of submission. It's just like she has so much power. The power of a lead is really unbridled. You can control any situation if you want to. Here, she just never took control. And I wish she would have. I, I just think there are things she could have done. At any rate...
1: I don't know. I think she's suffering an emotional trauma at this moment. The whole so, fucking game is emotional whatever. trauma.
0: That's literally the game we're playing here, or we're watching them play. She's
1: she's sobbing. She says, I'm losing you. I'm losing my mind. The whole thing is for nothing if you leave. And he says, all I know is I deserve more than I've when I've been given on your side. I'm not happy here anymore. I'm done here. And he leaves her weeping on the floor. He storms around the pool area. And Katie screams what we've seen in the promo this whole season. I'm done. I want to go home. I am done. I am done. I am done. This is bullshit. And she meets up with a mass producer. And this mass producer, who she's presumably yelling at to book her flight, was my. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. don't get much but this person serves a very important purpose (laughs) representing that she might be breaking the fourth wall ending the show
0: and just those producers like the ones who have to pick up the fucking puddle of tears after a lead gets crushed like that and wants to leave the show i feel like that's a hard job and i'm always like does that person like this Is that person like, we did it. We fucking crushed her. Or is that person like, oh, I'm so sad for you. They can't actually feel any true sorrow at these people's misery, right? They orchestrated it.
1: I think it's like a doctor where it's just like you see the same thing over and over again that you get numb to it. You don't care. You have to separate yourself emotionally, I would assume. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could do that job. I would just be sobbing. I'd be like, I know. He left. It's so sad.
0: (laughs) but there's a difference between emotional separation and experiencing glee at people's misery and i yeah, think that may be some that probably people varies. On staff <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're on, somewhere on that scale of yeah. complete apathy to excitement about pain
1: she walks in her slippers now through the hallway goes into her bathroom and katie slams the door sobbing we end that portion
0: And then portion 10 begins with a shot of the biggest fence we've ever seen. And we cut to Katie still sobbing. (laughs) We see for the first time one of our two hosts makes an appearance in this playoff round. Caitlin shows up. She's been summoned by the producers. Caitlin, wake up. We got a situation. And of course, she comes when called.
1: (laughs) I also wrote down what you said about this part. I love how they dusted off Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> time
0: to go <laughs> imagine you're caitlin or Tasha just like fucking off maybe you're in the pool whatever like you're enjoying the resort they're like yeah we don't really need you today it's gonna be a bunch of hometown stuff we don't need any host for it okay cool all of a sudden uh the show's imploding we're gonna need you to go in and try to coax katie back into an emotionally torturous experience <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's actually like wasted at the pool. <laughs> she's, <Yeah>. like, okay, <laughs> she's like, "Okay, I think I got this." <laughs> Tasia
0: probably was. That's why she wasn't there. Oh. She's like, "Fuck you, I'm drunk, dude."
1: Yeah, why didn't she get the ultimate girl gang?
0: But I just kept imagining like Dark Lord Harrison would have done this in prior seasons.
1: Hmm. He has. He's yeah. pulled many a lead off a precipice.
0: Absolutely. And so here we see Caitlyn kneeling down by the bathroom door, and she talks to Katie through that door. And Caitlin is like, I know what it's like. I cried into my salad on her season ostensibly. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that's exactly the same as being gaslit by a shy style master. But she gets Katie to talk about what shifted in the relationship. And Katie says when he ll Ford she didn't give the proper reaction. And Caitlin asks if she thinks she can get him back. She says, there's no way. She opens the door. Caitlin comes in and we can hear through the door. Caitlin is like, this is the hardest part. And the producers are pulling her back in. Look, you're going to get through this. This is just the hard part you have to go through before we give you the real hard part where we lie to you about who's going to show up like we did with Pilot Beats <laughs> and all that shit. And then
1: right? two years later, you're going to go through the really hard part where you break up with your ring winner, but then you're going to meet a fellow third placement and he is going to be a great parasocial partner and have a great podcast. Jason Tardock. But Bristow plays the STCO, the shoulder to cry on, for, for Katie Thurston, who modeled her gameplay after Bristow, and talks to him, oh, do you regret letting him leave? What shifted in your relationship? And Katie basically replays the whole thing. He said, when he said he was falling in love, his words, I didn't hear him or I rolled over it, and now anything I say, he doesn't believe, he doesn't want to hear me out. And Caitlin says, do you feel like you can be like, hold on, get him back at this point or this is done? And Thurston says, there's no way I can get him back. I'm so blindsided. I'm heartbroken and defeated. It's an unnatural feeling of trying to fall in love, but also dealing with the biggest heartbreak of your life. It feels like it's all for nothing. It's just so fucked
0: up. And that's essentially the definition of the game is that you're breaking hearts and getting heartbroken while falling in love with 30 people simultaneously. And ultimately, this entire conversation ends with Katie ITMing that it feels like it's backfiring over and over again. And Caitlin asks, what do you want to happen? And she says, I want someone to book my flight home. And we cut to the promo for next week. We see Katie's mom shows up. There's a burning demon in the desert. Katie's mom says, you shouldn't have to rely on a male. And Blake says, if Katie's still hung up on Greg, then there's no point to this. And we hear her saying she the love she had for Greg was real. And then the tag is the Greg Grippo in memoriam reel. That is all the moments that he played in our beloved game. And that is it.
1: I I did notice that music. I said it has music that's like an in memoriam at an award show. <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Grippo.
0: Yeah. They did these things in earlier seasons of the game. They would do it when people went home. Do you remember that? Like once it got into like the top five or six, they would play them after they got kicked off at the Rose Ceremony if they were.
1: Yeah, a little montage.
0: Yeah. But that was it. That was our hometown round. And now I guess we only have one more round left. Next week, right? That's the finale.
1: According to Thurston's Instagram story and her 40RR shirt, the finale is next week. Interesting. What do you think is going to happen?
0: I don't know. I mean, is there going to be two fantasy suites and then a finale? I'm not sure. Time will tell, obviously. But... she
1: proposes to Blake Moines.
0: I have no fucking idea what's going to happen. I believe Moines has the ring in hand if he wants it, obviously. I don't think Justin poses any kind of credible threat to his dominance at this point. But I'm very curious to see Greg Grippo on After the Final Rose. That's what I think everyone will be tuning in for. And I'm very curious to see what the ratings of this show were, which we'll be covering on Thursday. But who was your MVP?
1: For continuing to play the strongest chemistry game by far of any player, for his almost constant loading of Love Level 4, but he knew he could hold off until next week, for his strong mom game, Blake Moynes was my... M M M M (laughs) Who is yours?
0: Now I realize this is going to be controversial, but Greg Grippo was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. I know this is controversial. I know what he did was gaslighting. I know that there's going to be a huge negative reaction to what he's done here. But I just thought his play was so dominant. This entire hometown episode was all about Grippo. The other hometowns might as well not have even happened. His meeting of the family Mm, was by far the best. Okay, Justin's might as well have not even happened. But... (laughs) Grippo's hometown was the best. I thought by far the fucking video of his sisters, the army of children, the photo of his dad, the hooju that lasted for fucking 24 hours.
1: The end result is not it.
0: I think the end result is he's getting the crown.
1: I am torn between what I want to happen and what I think will happen.
0: I don't know that he's going to get the crown, and we will look back on this moment if he does as the moment that he got it. Right. If he doesn't... If he gets the crown, I
1: will renege and I will give Grippo (laughs) my MVP for this particular episode.
0: Okay. Fair enough. For me, he was my MVP for this episode just because of the... If
1: Blake Boynes gets the ring or crown, then I'm right.
0: (laughs) Okay. I just think Grippo's game was... It's just such a fucking crazy 4TRR strategy that... Again, we haven't seen anything like this in the modern game, really. Certainly not in the professional era where a player uses 4TR to go completely against the game structure, to shit on Mm -hmm. the process itself in such a way that he's just like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out of here. And he is the hero of this. At least how they cut it, they made him the hero of this episode. Well, I'll believe you about the music. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But that's it. That was the... Coverage of the first round of playoffs for historic season 17 of the Bachelorette. It was astounding to watch. And now I guess we have one more episode left. We'll be back with that next week. And of course on Thursday, we are going to be giving you this week in bachelor nation where we're going to cover all the news and all the movements of all these players parasocially. We're going to be talking about the ratings of this episode as well, which I'm very curious about. So please join us for that. And like we said up top, don't forget If you want to get one of those 4TRR t-shirts that you saw Katie Thurston wearing in her Instagram stories tonight, you can now go to bonfire.com slash Game of Roses, where it's going to be available for two more weeks. We've put it back out so that anyone can get it and get some for their friends and family and creatures and whatever else they may have. And thank you to everybody who voted in the podcast awards for us to try and get us nominated. The nominations are going to be revealed on august 6th so we'll find out if we actually made one of those Ooh. lists or not but we thank everybody who cast a vote for us and we hope that it turns out that we are on a list with some other bachelor podcasts. that would be so fucking hilarious
1: uh-huh it <laughs> would be hilarious god <laughs> who are, whose name are you hoping to uh be up there with clues <laughs>
0: Well, I think I fucked it up. I wanted to be, obviously, next to Nick Vial, but I think he's in a different category. Nonetheless, Mm. if we get one of these awards or we make it to the finals or however the fuck it works, I think we'd get to go to the event where he probably will be. Perfect. And we can record that interaction. But thanks again, everyone. (laughs) And before we go, as always, what is the Dwaub at?
1: It has been 7,071 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game.
0: Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast.